Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Take your Bibles and go with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1 tonight. 1 Samuel chapter 1. I don't want you standing tonight. You don't have to stand tonight. Uh, I... Um, I'm going to read a few verses of scripture to you and then I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you what the Lord began to deal with me. He's actually been dealing with me on this for the last few days um, as I've been reading, as I've been studying the word of the Lord because I believe harvest time, listen to me carefully when I say this, all those that are watching by Facebook, those that will be listening to this message later, I believe that we have been in a season um, of barrenness. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. I'm not here to make anybody mad or make anybody feel bad, but I believe that for some of us, we've been in a season of barrenness. We haven't seen the results that we've wanted to see. We haven't, we haven't experienced what we have wanted to, uh, that we have wanted to experience. Now, I'm a, I'm a, Brother Scott, I'm a theme park junkie. I love theme parks. I love, I love riding rides. And to me, there's nothing more, there's nothing more disappointing than when Disney or Universal or somewhere like that unveils a new ride and you and you can't wait, you can't wait to try it out. Can't wait to get on that ride. And you get on that ride, you wait an hour or two hours or however long the wait is to get on that ride. And you, you've got this expectation. And you get done with it and you think to yourself. Was that it? Yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever been there before? And, 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 and sometimes, have you ever came to church and you're expecting something? I mean, your expectation, there's nothing wrong with your expectation. Your expectation's up here. I mean, I mean, you're, I mean, you're ready to see, you're ready to see the dead get up. You're ready to see devils cast out. You're ready to see cancers fall off. You're ready to see all of that. And then you leave church and you go, is that it? Come on. Now listen, I'm not trying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to sound negative, but I'm trying to paint a picture of where I feel like that we're going. Because the truth of the matter is, I believe We've been in a season of barrenness. That the reality hasn't quite met the expectation. Is that okay tonight? The reality quite hasn't met the expectation. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe for some of us, our expectation is being met. Y'all get, getting quiet right now. Maybe for some of us, our expectation is being met. What I mean, what I mean by that is that we just, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. You know, well, we're good with how things are right now. But if you're like me, can I just be honest, Pastor? There are times I feel like that my expectation is not being met. There, there are times that I'll leave services. Whether and, and, we're just going to be honest and transparent here. Is this okay tonight? 
It doesn't matter if it's here. There's been times it's been here. There's been times in other places that I've preached. And I've walked away and I've literally told God, God, that was not what I wanted. That was not what I expected. I felt like that God, I, I wanted something else to happen. I needed something else to happen. I, I, I was expecting something else. But, and, and, and it just seemed like that what I wanted to happen didn't happen. And I've even told God at times, God, I feel like that I'm buried. I feel like God, I feel like that, that, that the things that I know that you're wanting to do are simply not happening. But I've got good news for you tonight. Are you ready for some good news? I've got some good news for you tonight. We may have been in a season of barrenness. But the good thing is, is that seasons change. And I believe that we are getting ready to transition into, into a, a, a shift in season. Where we go from a season of barrenness to a season of birthing. Oh, you ain't going to help me preach right now. Where it seems like that God has shut up the womb is now going to turn into us birthing generations and sons and daughters into the kingdom of God. Where, where at times it seemed like that what we wanted God to do is not happening and it's not transpiring in our lives. And God says, hey, listen, that was just a season for you, but I'm getting ready to take you into something. I'm getting ready to birth something in the inside of you that is actually going to exceed the expectation." You thought you were just looking for you, but I'm looking generationally. I'm looking at doing something not only in you, but I'm looking at doing something in your sons and your daughters. I'm looking at doing something in the old. I'm looking at doing something in the young. And I believe it has been barren for a season, but the season's getting ready to change, and we are getting ready to enter into a birthing season. First Samuel chapter 1. Now there was a certain man of Mount Ephraim and his name was Elkanah. Verse 2, and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah. The name of the other was Penaniah. Penaniah. And Penaniah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts and Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. When the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penaniah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. Verse 5, but unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But listen to this. But the Lord shut up her womb. I want to talk to you tonight. If the Lord will help me from barrenness to birthing. From barrenness to birthing. In the 16th century, a minister by the name of John Knox was used by the Lord to bring many people to faith in Jesus Christ in Scotland. Those were 
the days, those were very hard days for the, for the true church. Because many of the persecutors were being, or many of the believers were being persecuted in the name of the Roman Catholic Church. Hundreds of believers were born, were burned at the stake because of their faith. But in the midst of this, God raised up a man. John Knox stood as a beacon of faith. He stood for courage and zeal for the Lord. And at one point, he even prayed. He prayed this prayer and this is what he said. He said, great God, give me Scotland or I die. What was he saying? He was saying, God, we've got to have a move. God, you see everything that's happening. God, you see, you see what you see, you see how the enemy is fighting. God, you see how how those that even claim that they're doing the work of the Lord is coming against us. But God, I believe that you are wanting to do something great. God, I believe that you're wanting to do something marvelous. God, we've got to have you or else I'm gonna die. Have you ever had that desperation in your life? You see, when I think about that, I think about this portion of Scripture. Because the Bible presents to us a woman with a similar burden. This woman was interested, Hannah was interested in having babies. She was barren. She could not produce what became natural for her. She wanted to produce something. She wanted to produce something that was generational in her. And I believe that her story has something to say to the church today. I believe that if we pay very close attention, that the story of Hannah has something it has something to say to us today. Because here's the thing. Anytime that God begins to move, He always looks for somebody that He can move through. Oh, let me say that again. Anytime that God starts to move, anytime when God wants to move, He will always seek somebody with whom He can move through. Listen, I understand and I'm going to talk about more of this here in just a moment. I understand that God can move anytime, anyway and however that he wants but the beauty of God is when God begins to move he will search for a man or he will search for a woman that he can simply move through God does not move arbitrarily. He moves when he can find a man and he can find a woman that's the reason, my goodness I feel it right now that's the reason why he would tell Ezekiel Ezekiel I sought for a man I sought for somebody that would be willing to stand up, that would be willing to proclaim the gospel, that would be willing to let me move through them. But I found nobody. I found no one. And you know what God said? God said, I can move in my infinite wisdom and in my infinite power and in my sovereignty. But I always look for somebody that I can move through. I believe that God in these days that he is looking for a man. He is looking for a woman. He is looking if he's got if he's got to find a child, if he's got to find an eight-year-old, if he's got to find somebody under a bridge, if he's got to find if he's got to find a girl. Oh, come on, I'm preaching right now. Let me 
me tell you, the dignified church, they just released that movie called The Jesus Revolution. And I want to tell you, if you really study out the Jesus movement, you'll find out that there was a period of time that the church became all dignified. Even the Pentecostal church did. God was wanting to move among them. And he said, well, if you're not going to let me move, I'll go to the hippies in California and I'll begin moving in them. And he began to save the homosexuals and he began to save the drug addicts. And before long, before long, God was was bringing the hippies into the church. What are you saying? What are you saying, Pastor Jerry? What I am saying is, is that when God starts to move, God will always look for somebody. I wonder if he's looking at harvest time and if he can say, hey, is there a man or is there a woman? Is there a church that I can move through? That'll uh, Oh. Listen. Listen. Hannah wanted to birth something. But here was the problem. The Bible says that Hannah was barren. Hannah was barren. She, she had no children. Why is that? Well, here's some things to look at. See, the problem was that Elkanah, he didn't have a problem. As a matter of fact, he had another wife and she produced children. So we understand that the problem's not with Elkanah. He has children. It is actually not with Elkanah and Hannah's relationship. Because the Bible says that her husband loved her. Her husband loved her. So that tells me that there was relational things that were happening. So we understand that the issue wasn't the relationship. The problem wasn't even Hannah's health because she was in childbearing years. But listen to this. I'll just go ahead and just say this. And the problem wasn't the enemy. The enemy did not come against Hannah. The Bible says that it was God Himself that shut up her womb. You mean to tell me, Pastor, that God will bring me into a season that He orchestrated? Absolutely. Absolutely He will. How do you know? Do you remember the book of Psalms? Do you want to know? Do you know? In the book of Psalms, remember the famous scripture that says that we... Real to and fro like drunken men. And we came to our wits' end. You know who brought them to their wits' end? God did. It wasn't the enemy. As a matter of fact, if you read that whole entire chapter about the storm that they're in, the enemy didn't send that storm. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it's God Himself that raised up the waves. It was God Himself that raised up the winds. Oh, don't get, don't get, don't get quiet over here now. Jonah, Jonah ran from God, got in the belly of the great fish. That wasn't the work of Satan. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that God prepared that fish. What I'm saying is, is that. 
We can do everything right, but there will still be seasons that we have to go through that we don't understand. I'd like to be able to tell you, I'd like to be able to tell you that you'll never have to go through a season of heartache. I'd like to be able to tell you that you never have to go through a season of betrayal. I'd like to be able to tell you that you'll never have to go through a season of sickness. I'd like to be able to tell you that you'll never have to go through a season of rejection. I'll even I'll even give you one even, even you'll never have I'd like to tell you you'll never have to go through a season where you don't lose everything. I'd like to be able to tell you that you never have to go through a season where you don't feel the presence of God. Even Job said it like that when he said, when he said, I looked for you, God, but I couldn't find you. I looked on my right hand where you doth work and you weren't there. I looked in front of me, behind me. I looked all around me and I couldn't sense you anywhere. But I know. Mm. Because it's not about what I'm going through. Mm. It's not about what I'm facing. It's not about the sickness. It's not about the financial difficulties. Because what I found out is that sickness can't stop God from moving. My financial difficulties can't stop God from moving. What I'm telling you is, is that God doesn't operate based on our circumstances. He operates based on the fact that our faith and our trust is in Him. We, I don't understand why God closed up the womb. The Bible doesn't say it. I'm not even going to try to speculate it today, tonight. But the fact of the matter is, is that closed up womb began to do something on the inside of Hannah. When she said, you know what? I don't know. I, listen, I look all around me and I see everybody else prospering. I see everybody else having a good time. I see God doing things in other people's churches. God, why not here? Why not with me? God, why can't you do something? in my life. God, why can't you do something in my family? God, why can't you do something and birth in me? You see, here's the thing. We must never forget that God is sovereign and how He moves. God moves how He wants, when He wants, where He wants, However, I want you to listen to this. However, we can create an environment in which God is more likely to move. That's what, in this barrenness, here's the interesting thing. We're going to talk about this here for just a few moments. You okay tonight? She was worried about one thing, Hannah was. But God was looking generation. Let me say this, church. More often than not, I'm thankful for how God works. I'm thankful that at times, I'm thankful for the many ways that God blesses us. But I think that what we do is we, we localize the blessing. Needed my rent paid and bless God, God came through and He paid my rent. Praise, praise God for that. I've had to do that. I've had to do that for me. I was, I was sick in body and God, 
yielded. Praise God for that. I believe that. But what if what God really wants to do outlives you? See, we think so much of what God wants to do in the here and now. Do I believe God does stuff in the here and now? Absolutely. But what if what God wants to do in harvest time supersedes anything that we want to see right now? See, Hannah wanted a baby. God wanted to reach generations. Amen. Mm. I'm going to say that again. God is, Hannah wanted to just simply have a baby. That was the only thing that she was, that was the only thing that she was praying for. She was praying for a baby. She wanted a baby, but God wanted to birth something generational in her. Harvest time, what if I told you tonight, and those that are listening, what if I told you tonight that what God is wanting to do is so much more than what we can conjure up in our finite minds? Oh, yes, listen to me carefully. And, and I'm not even nowhere on my notes, but I just, I just feel like preaching this to you here for a moment. Yes, yes, I want to see. Yes, I want to see. I want to see people healed. Yes, I want to. Yes, I want to see. I, I want to see blinded eyes open. I want to see devils cast out. I want to. I want to see people delivered and set free. But I want to see something that lasts for generations. Can I just be honest with you? I've studied revivals. I'm a history nerd. I believe you've got to know where you've been in order to understand where you're going. And if you don't know where you've been, you'll never figure out where it is that you're supposed to go. And so I've read about all the great revivals. And can I tell you, every great revival, there's been revivals that we have said have been great, and they're not really great. I'm just being I'm just being honest with you. I'm thinking of one. I'm thinking of one right now that happened in Florida. I mean, thousands of people ran through, and now you go there, and there's nobody there. See, a true move of God lasts generational. When I look at things like Azusa Street, when I look, when I look at, when I look at the moves of God, when I look even in the Bible and I see what happened on the day of Pentecost and what God birthed, it was something that was generational. It was something that it wasn't just for us to have a good time. And for us to say, you know what? I've got a blessing. But it was something that we could pass down to our children and to our children's children. Okay, okay. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I, Pastor, I'm subject to you, so I'm out of line. You can 
Here's the question, hard to sign, we have to ask ourselves. If Pastor or myself left this world today, what would happen to this church? Don't get quiet on me. Is that okay, Pastor? Yes. What would happen? Is there somebody waiting in the wings that God is raising up? Mm. Or will we or will we become the way of so many others? I think about it like this I can take you to England. And try you by the great cathedrals. And I can point and I can say, hey, that was a church where God really moved at. Well, what happens there now? Well, it's just a museum now. Well, I know, and this this is I know this is heavy. I'm not trying to be that heavy tonight, but I feel like that God. Is trying to let us know something. You see, in these seasons of barrenness, it should provoke a burdenness, a burden, and a brokenness in us. You see, here's the thing. I'm tired of the enemy provoking the church. And there was somebody else in Hannah's household that was provoking her. Oh, well, you see how every, the Bible says that, that, that his other wife would provoke her soul. And she became burdened under this. She became broken under this. Can I tell you tonight? Harvest time, we will not experience a move of God like we want to experience a move of God until we become burdened and broken. We've got to learn to become burdened and broken. And Hannah in her barrenness became burdened and broken over the fact that something was not being birthed in her. She began to look, she began to see. Listen, I, I, listen I'm, just, I'm just preaching. I'm just talking from my heart right now. Listen, I'm thankful for what God is doing in everybody else's churches, but I can't worry about everybody else's church. I'm thankful. I told you like I told you Wednesday night, I believe, that at, that, that at Lee University, that one of them asked their professor, said, why can't God do that here? And he said he can. What that did was that that is that woke up a burden and a bro and a brokenness in them. If we are going to see the Lord move in great power in these days, we've got to come to a place where our burden is so heavy, where our brokenness is so heavy. We've got to realize, listen, I can't work this up. I can't plan this out. I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't just decide that we're going to have a move of God. I can't just decide that we're going to have revival. But I've got to recognize my own inability. I've got to come to God broken. I've got to come to God burdened. And I've got to say, God, here I am. Do something. 
something in me. He God, here I am. Work something in me. Birth whatever that you want to birth on the inside of me. God, do whatever that you want to do. We've got to bow down before the Lord, trusting in His power alone to get the job done. Because I still believe it is not by might, nor is it by power, but it is by His Spirit, saith the Lord. You see, and here's the end result. She prays, she's burdened, she's broken. And all of this. She comes to the place that people think that she's crazy because of the burden that she has. Eli thought she was crazy. Eli thought she was drunk. Why? Because the Bible says that Hannah is praying. Bible says she's praying from her heart. She's praying in such a way that her mouth moves, but there's no words that are coming out. Eli thinks that she's drunk. Eli thinks she's just she's one of those weird people that came to church on Sunday. You know, Lord, I'm just can I just say it like I just feel it? I want God to send me some weird people. I want God. I, I, I want. I want God to send people to this church that are so burdened for our community. They're so burdened for our county. So burdened for our for our our town that they get into an altar and they begin to pray, and we just have to look at them and go, "Say, what's what's going on there?" That's what Eli did. Eli said, okay, she's that Hannah girl. Happy hour started early for her. But see, what even what he didn't understand is is that a true burden and a true brokenness, it'll make you do crazy things. When you're burdened enough to see God move in your family, when you're burdened enough to see God move in your church, when you're burdened enough to see God move in your community, you'll do some crazy things. I mean, look at look at Ezekiel. Ezekiel laid on one side. Ezekiel built a model of the city. Hosea went and married a prostitute. Y'all need I'm going to tell you this. When you get burdened enough, don't be surprised what God asks you to do. See, here's what I believe that God is birthing in us. What I believe that God is birthing in these last days. What I believe that God is birthing in these last days is not something that happens in the church, but something that happens in the church. I'm going to say that again. I believe that what God is birthing in these last days, we come to church to be filled, to be encouraged, to be admonished, to be instructed. But what would it say of harvest time, Brother Scott? What would it say of harvest time 
if they said, you know, those people that go in, that, that go to harvest time. I saw one of their members laying hands on somebody in the middle of Kroger and God healed them of cancer. I, 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 saw, I saw them in Walmart. And they walked by somebody that was in a wheelchair just like Peter in their shadow. Raised them up. But we only get to that place when there is a true burden and true brokenness. But here's the good news. Are you ready? Through all of this, God begins to birth something in Hannah. Because here was the prayer for Hannah. And I'm almost done here. He, she tells God, God, whatever you birth in me, I'm willing to give back to you. Are we willing to stand back and say, God, whatever that you're willing to birth in me, whatever you're willing to birth in this church, God, I promise you, as soon as you birth it, it goes back, it, it belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. Listen, listen, I believe, with every fiber of my being, I believe in giving honor what honors me. But listen, If when the day comes, oh God, I feel the weightiness of this. When the day comes, and everybody's got to look at me and see their last goodbyes, look down in a casket. I don't need them, Pastor, to look at me and say, you know what? Man, he sure was a good preacher. Oh, he sure, man, he did so many wonderful things. I want them to say, I want them to look at me and say, there was a man who gave everything back to God. I don't need, I don't need my name. Listen, listen to me carefully. I don't need my name on a plaque. Don't need my name on a pew. I don't need my name on the lights. I don't need anybody to remember me in the course of history. But what I do want them to remember is what God did. Because if they can remember me and not remember God, God gets, God has to get the glory out of this. And Hannah told God, God, whatever you birth in me, I'll give back to you. God, whatever you birth, whatever you birth in me, Hannah called on God and he gave her a son. And here's what the interesting thing is, is every time that God opened a closed womb, something miraculous happened. Think about it. When when he opened when he when he opened when he opened the womb of Sarah, Isaac was born. Samson was born. Samuel was born. John the Baptist was born. And these weren't just great men in and of themselves, but they were people that God used. I want to know something tonight and I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping this up. What are we wanting God to birth in us? Because I want to tell you something. Give me, give me three minutes and I'm going to wrap this up. 
Birthing's not easy. I wouldn't know that, though, because I've never given birth. I've been in a room when my wife has given birth on three separate occasions, and I know birthing is never easy. Birthing's painful. Birthing is ugly. See, I'm trying to be nice and trying to be discreet. But we like the events that lead up to the birth or what causes the birth. But if you like my wife, and I'm just trying to be, listen, we're just going to talk. My wife looked at me and said, he ain't ever That's all right. Because see, here's the thing. It's not pretty. It's not, it's not all sunshine and roses. Birthing's bloody. It's painful. When we go through the birthing process of what God wants to do, can I tell you? I'd like to be able to stand here and tell you that it's all going to be whoo, glory to God, praise the Lord, speaking in tongues all the way. I told Pastor this the other day. I've told other several pastors this. I said, listen, you can never be upset. Don't be upset. When God starts to move, people you think would always be there with you are no longer there with you. Because when something begins to be birthed, Brother Johnny, and people see the pain and the anguish that that causes, some people won't stick around. Think about it like this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't want any hands raised. I don't want this is a rhetorical question. Examine your heart. We've been prophesied a thousand people to stand in one place. And I don't want anybody nodding their heads, shaking their heads, doing anything. Because I don't, I don't want any misunderstanding of what I'm getting ready to say. If within a year's time, God sent a thousand people to this church, would this still be your home church? Or would you step back and say, I don't know about that, Pastor, because now I'm in a place where I don't know everybody. And everybody doesn't know me. We're in a place where now we're not doing things. Because here's the thing, you can't do things at a thousand that you did at twenty. This is okay, Pastor. You, you, you can't operate a church with a thousand people like you did on 20 people. Doesn't happen. Would this still be your home church if somebody could teach a class better than you? Would this still be your home church if somebody could do whatever 
our area of expertise is better than us. And pastor looks at them and says, you know what? I want to use you in this area. When we get our feelings hurt, and say, well, bless God, I've been doing this for 45 years. How dare, how dare that pastor put somebody else over that ministry? Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm going to say, it's going to sound mean, Pastor. Now, forgive me. I'm worried about that. And it never showed any growth in 45 years. And then somebody else take, and then God gives the burden to somebody else, and all of a sudden it explodes. What are you saying, Pastor? What I'm saying is, is when something is birthed, it gets messy. But here's what I say. God, I'm willing to get my hands dirty. I'm willing to get my hands in the dirt. God, if you'll birth it in me, I'll make sure it goes back to you. And this is what I believe for harvest time. Harvest time, I believe that we have been in a season. I believe that we have been in a season of barrenness. But I believe that we're getting ready to enter in a season of birth. I believe that we are getting ready to experience birth pains. We're getting ready to experience growing pains. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We may irritate one another. Here in this portion. So I'll tell this to me and I'll tell it to you. Let's move past it and move on. Because what I believe that God is wanting to do supersedes how I feel and how you feel. I want God to birth something on the inside of us. And I believe that that's what is happening. We are getting ready. To enter into a birthing season. Because here's what I hear the Spirit of the Lord say. There have been those that have been burdened and have cried out to God. That have said, God, I'm not going to let you go until you move. And when I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say, Now, I am getting ready to plant the seed of revival. I'm getting ready to plant the seed that is going to birth in you what you have desired. And I believe that he's getting ready to do that. Amen? Stand with me all over this house. enjoyed today's message by evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank mm-hmm. you.